to Ivy League Prep Academy Podcasts, where we explore ideas for living a better life and preparing for the university of your choice. We're your hosts, Nathaniel and Steve. Welcome to the third and final installment on the three-part series of Atomic Habits by James Clear. Uh, We're talking to Steve today about the book and his impressions and uh, it's been a fascinating journey so far. First episode, we we focused primarily on how to change our perspective on habits because the way that most of us view habits is ineffective and doesn't really uh, bring the kind of outcomes that we're looking to to uh, to create. And on the second episode, uh, we learned about two steps: deciding the people that we want to become. And proving to it, or proving it to ourselves with multiple wins to help solidify those identities. Uh, this episode is supposed to kind of button everything up and uh, and learn a few more specifics on how to create these systems to reinforce um, the things that we've learned so far. Okay, so we're now clear that systems are orders of magnitude more effective than goals in engineering lifestyle improvement. And also that those systems help us to reinforce a chosen identity by proving to ourselves through these small wins. So let's not keep the listeners waiting any longer. What are the best practices that James Clear suggests for starting these new habits? Yeah. Uh, So four things, four steps. Uh, Take out your notebooks, write these down. They're super practical and they make sense. They work together. So number one, Make it obvious, okay? In other words, find ways to create cues for the habit you want to form. So, for example, if you have a habit of coming home from work, uh, you walk in the door, you see your, your comfortable chair, you just go in, you sit down and turn on the TV every night after work. But you want to use that time more effectively, right? You want to become a reader, okay? You've set this identity objective, intention for yourself to become a reader. All right, well, put the remote control in the TV uh, drawer or, or the, you know, the dresser drawer out of sight. And instead of the remote control sitting on top of the dresser, ready right by the, the comfortable chair, put in its place the book you'd like to start reading. So now it's obvious when you come home from work, the remote control is hidden, but the book is right there. Um, you know, if you want to become a reader and you don't watch TV, but uh, at night, maybe you scroll through, in, uh, you know, Instagram or, or some other social media and you want to read instead. So make it obvious, right? Put the book on, on your pillow so that when you go to bed at night, you remember to put your phone away and instead open the book and start reading and uh, or put your wear your athletic clothes in Uh, at night, or put your running shoes right at the foot of your bed, whatever you do, make the, make it obvious. The, the cues that form your habit, that give you those small votes to prove to you who you really are. Those cues need to be front and center and obvious. Number two, uh, make it attractive. Okay. So the more you enjoy this activity that you want to create, right? The, the person you want to become, the more you enjoy the activities that 
create that kind of person, create that identity, the more you're going to do them. So for example, spend time with people who live that way. If you want to become more healthy, spend time with people who work out and eat right and who talk about working out and eating right and get excited when you do it or when they do it. Uh, share, share your running time or you know, whatever it is that, that you're doing, spend time with people who already love that and live that habit and do it and, and can get excited with you. Uh, another thing to do here is what James Clear calls temptation bundling. So the, the strategy here to make it more attractive, make it more interesting, is you pair an activity you want to do with an action that you need to do. So if you want to watch sports, but you need to get your homework done. Uh, this is something probably most of us already do, uh, but you can decide that after you finish your reading, then you can watch the sports. Uh, but that's the whole idea here is to make it enjoyable. You can say every time I go on a run, I can enjoy 10 minutes of reading or, or something like that. Okay. So make it attractive, make it enjoyable, make it, uh, just give yourself positive reinforcement when you do those things that that uh, that reinforce the identity you want to have. Okay, number three. You know, I I want to uh, say something there because there are different types of motivated people in this world, right? And so we have some people who uh, almost have this feeling of immense guilt if they're not working toward goals all the time. <laughs> um, at least I feel this way. So mm -hmm. at times I'll be working on a goal or I'll be working on changing my identity or uh, becoming the absolute best person that I can be. And I forget to reward myself. And so I, you know, just the, uh, the temptation bundling is, is not only, a way to self-motivate, but it's also a healthy thing to do. If, if you fall into the trap of, um, of just working nonstop and not taking time away to, uh, clear your head and relax and, um, you know, pursue some things that just plain make you happy, even if they don't have any perceptible, um, progress in your life, just having that that reward system or, or that thing that brings you joy at being a part of your journey makes a, a big difference. Yeah. Well, we skipped a lot of the science, uh, but I'm glad you brought that up. We skipped a lot of the science from the book. I, I recommend reading the book. You'll go through this, but it's interesting. We, we, the, the brain receives, or I don't know, is it the body? Uh, the brain releases the dopamine wherever. The, the, you get a dopamine spike. Dopamine, of course, is this happiness uh, chemical. Um, so we get this dopamine spike. You think you're going to get it when you finish the activity that you enjoy doing. But actually, once you have formed a habit, you receive that dopamine spike, you receive the, the burst of positive feelings, positive emotion, when you begin to anticipate the activity. And so you don't get that dopamine spike when you are forming a new habit, but you get it, you get it after you formed the habit or after you're familiar with it, uh, and you've enjoyed it. But 
uh, once you have a habit in place, then you get this, this dopamine spike when you begin anticipating it. And so just, just being conscious about, uh, you know, what stuff you're going to do to reward yourself can create that positive momentum to, to move you towards there. But the other thing to, to think about is uh, the whole point of habits is that uh, there are too many decisions. There are too many decisions in an average person's life that, that would deplete our ability to make decisions. And so we form shortcuts. It's a, the human brain and the human body were very, very economical. Uh, this is why if you stop working out, your body will stop uh, sending resources to your muscles and stop strengthening the muscles. There's no reason to build stronger muscles if you're not using them. The body is very economical. And, and we're not going to send resources to the brain if we're not using it. So if we decide that we have a bad memory and we don't even try to remember things because our identity is we have a bad memory, um, then the brain's not going to send resources to reinforce your memory and, and try to help you remember things. And so habits take away some of the need for decision-making and they make our bodies, our minds more economical. We can do things without taking the energy to make the decision. And that way we have more energy stored up available to us when we have to make decisions, when we have to make bigger decisions. All right. So we have poor habits, bad habits. That means that we don't even have to think about it. The body just anticipates that this is how we're going to react to a certain stimuli. And we just do it that way. And when we have good habits, the same thing happens. We don't have to think about it. We, we don't have to use up any willpower. We don't have to use up any, any of those resources that we use to make decisions. We don't have to use any of them in order to make the decision. It's just automatic. So it, it's, it's a very, very effective system for uh, reinforcing an identity, right? If you don't ever have to think about what you do when you're faced with a certain decision, because your identity is set, then you continually do that, even without thinking about it. Uh, so this is just this I, recognizing that that's what's happening in your body and in your, in your brain. Um, then you take these four specific steps to change the habits so that the things that you're doing without thinking in the most economical way possible are things that reinforce the person you want to become instead of tear down that identity that you want for yourself. Oh, that is, that's, empower, that's empowering. That's so helpful to know how your brain reacts to those types of things and, uh, and how to set yourself up for that success. That's fantastic. Okay, yeah, so, so what's, step, what's number four? Yeah, so, well, we, we, we haven't done three yet either. So s step one, make it obvious. Step two, make it attractive. Step three, make it easy. I guess we said it, but we didn't really get into it. Here's the idea. Reduce the amount of friction between you and the habit you want to form. Okay, so uh, start taking action. This goes back to make it obvious and kind of reinforces it. But put the healthy water at the front of the fridge and put the soda or beer at the back, right? Or better yet, don't even bring them home from the store in the first place. Uh, put the healthy snacks 
out where you can see them. The unhealthy stuff away from, uh, if you have to have it in the house, put it out of sight, out of mind, so you're not even thinking about it. All right. If you find that you are spending way too much time on social media, you need to be preparing for your exams or you need to uh, focus on writing your book or building your blog or whatever it is, then delete social media apps from your phone. Uh, It's shockingly easy to eliminate some of the friction or, or to reduce some of the friction between you and the habit you want to form. It's just a matter of doing it. Because it may be weeks or even months before you take the time to reinstall those social media apps so that you can check on something, right? So if, if we realize just how remarkable this is, how little friction is required to stop a bad habit, uh, right? In, in the same vein, remove friction from the activities you want to be doing and add friction to the activities you don't want to be doing. So put the guitar in the middle of the room uh, instead of in the closet, and you'll pick it up much more often. So step three, make it easy. Number four, make it satisfying. Uh, If you have a habit tracker like an Apple Watch, or you don't want to get that high tech, you don't want to spend the money or for any other reason, you like the watch you already have, uh, get a calendar, tape it to your wall, and that can be really motivating, right? Mark off every time you you do your exercising um, and, and... and see if you can get a whole month or three months or whatever else. Um, and, and then this is another one that James Clear, uh, a piece of advice that I thought was brilliant. Never miss twice. Make it a rule that you never miss twice. Once you decide that you're going to do something, uh, do it. And then one day you're going to miss for, for some reason, for whatever reason. Um, it's going to happen. That's okay. If you miss one day, okay, you missed it. But decide ahead of time you're never going to miss twice because it's that second time that you miss, you start to convince yourself that your identity is changing or has changed away from the habit. So you miss once, that's an exception. Don't ever allow yourself to miss twice. So if you can, if you can find ways to track your behavior, uh, then that can help you to make sure that you never miss twice. And, and it makes it more satisfying. Wow. Okay. Excellent advice on uh, these four steps to engineering the lifestyle improvement. Now, what do we do to break the bad habits that we have? I mean, we want to replace them with these better habits. How do we break them in the first place? Yeah. All right. So the four steps, make it obvious, make it attractive, make it easy, make it satisfying. You do those four things to form new habits. In order to get rid of the stuff you want to be rid of, remember, so much of this is just subconscious. It's done without thinking. So to break the bad habits, do the inverse. All right? Instead of make it visible, make it invisible. Instead of make it attractive, make it unattractive. Instead of make it easy, make it difficult. And instead of make it satisfying, make it unsatisfying. So let's let's take these one at a time. Make it invisible. Uh, make the cues that prompt your bad habits invisible. Remember that that dopamine spike occurs when you anticipate the behavior. So you see the cue that prompts your bad behavior. You, you, you uh, maybe if every time you see if a certain, uh, every time you go on break, you smoke and you want to stop smoking, that cue, you're going to get a dopamine hit every time you go on break, knowing that you're about to go smoke. So uh, reduce the exposure to things that trigger the bad habit. 
change the place where you take your break. Uh, change the first one minute of your break. Instead of going to that location that cues the smoking, uh, go and eat some carrot sticks or, or whatever else. Go somewhere else and talk to someone. Uh, if you're trying to eat less, don't follow food blogs on Instagram. If you're trying to spend less money on the latest electronics, don't follow tech review blogs and unboxing channels on YouTube. Okay, so uh, to break the habit you want to get rid of, make it invisible. Take away those cues or remove those cues from the obvious place in your life. Number two, make it unattractive. Okay, like we said, it's this craving you get before the bad habit, the urge to smoke, the desire to binge eat, the feeling of boredom before you turn on Netflix, right? All of those, those, uh, those cravings happen before you take the action. And that's, it's the craving that gets you to act. So it's hard to do, uh, especially if, if you haven't been through, I mean, think about in our camps, we train on this for quite some time. But if you can reframe how you view the cues of your bad habits, uh, the predictions that precede them, then you can change your habits. All right. So it's not like it's really easy, but that's the second step. Make it unattractive. Three, make it difficult. Instead of decreasing friction for the stuff you want to do, increase friction associated with the task. So use a website blocker to restrict access to social media or ESPN or whatever. Right. Uh, if if uh, you've got a bad habit of, of gambling, put yourself on the banned list at the casino. Um, don't buy junk food. Keep it miles and miles away at the store. Right. Keep it out of the house, miles away from you. The more friction there is between you and the bad habit, the less likely you are to do it. So uh, I know someone who was having a, a really hard time getting to bed early enough at night. All right. And uh, eventually he realized that every night he was, he was wasting time online in one form or another. So he set up an alarm on his internet router so that it automatically shut the internet off at 10 p.m. each night. Now, could he just turn it back on? Yeah, he could easily go and turn on the router. He'd go to the next room, but generally by 10 p.m. he was in bed, surfing the internet, doing something. So getting out of bed, going to the, the room where the router is, and then coming back, uh, that that is some friction, and just, just having enough. that friction, yeah, allowed him to refocus and and uh, almost immediately he started getting to bed close to 10 p.m. Um, Sean Aker, the author of Happiness Advantage, one of the things that he did when he wanted to read more is uh, he put the the uh, batteries to the remote control in a different room away from the television. So, and then he, and then he puts books on the dresser next to his chair. So almost overnight, he went from watching television every night, almost mindlessly as a bad habit to create some friction, make it a little more difficult, make it annoying to go get the batteries. And because he wanted to be reading anyway, uh, it was, it was easy overnight. He created a new habit. And those batteries never left that drawer because he just doesn't turn on the TV anymore. Yeah, that's powerful. <laughs> just these okay. these tiny little things that make the biggest difference. It's amazing. Absolutely. It's, yeah, one tiny, one degree differences, right? And then the fourth one is make it unsatisfying. Okay, so when bad habits deliver an immediate cost 
then we want to avoid them, right? Think about this. If you smoke every time you're with your friend, that's a positive reinforcement for the smoking. I'm smoking. I must be with my friend chatting and enjoying myself. Um, if you can shift it from satisfying to unsatisfying, then you're, you're much further along. You're much more likely to be successful here. So, uh, if for example, you want to, um, to, so back to the, make it satisfying. Um, cause this is kind of a two way street. If it's, if it's, if you're a very social person, invite someone to go work out with you at six in the morning. So you meet your friend at the park. And this has the double uh, effect of being unsatisfying. If you have a bad habit of sleeping in or sleeping through your alarm clock, instead of going to work out, then invite a friend to go work out with you in the morning. Because when morning comes, you still want to stay in bed. You still want to uh, sleep in. You want to be comfortable and roll over and, and stay in the warm bed. But the pain of letting your friend down by standing them up will be strong enough to get you out of bed. Right? So the pain, the consequence, the cost, if you can create a cost for the bad habit and make it genuine, make it painful, uh, then that's number four, make it unsatisfying. Well, I'd hate to be the bad habit that someone used all four of these on (laughs) (laughs) because you know, that's not going to happen once Once you make it invisible, you make it unattractive, you make it difficult, you make it unsatisfying to do. uh, I mean, gosh, that's a death sentence to that habit. So if, you know, perhaps one or two of these things could work just by themselves. But when you when you have a bad habit and you would apply all four of these, I'm sure that that habit is on its way out. Yeah, very, very effective. Yeah, th- this is all fantastic. Um, one of the things you told me about earlier was the two-minute rule. And I'm wondering if you could just spend a minute on that as well before we wrap up this podcast, uh, just to share um, some of the lessons we can learn from that two-minute rule. Yeah, absolutely. Great, great way to kind of cap this off. So uh, so, many, so many of the uh, shifts that we want to make in life, identity shifts or outcome shifts, whatever it is, they're intimidating. They become very intimidating. But if you can remember the science, the idea is that every action you take is a vote for who you really are. So if you work out for 30 minutes, that's a vote that you are more, uh, that you are a healthy person. But guess what else is a vote that you're a healthy person? Just tying your running shoes. So change your, your objective, change your goal. At the very beginning, when you're not a runner yet, but you want to become a runner, right? You have this objective. Instead of setting a goal to run five kilometers, just set a goal to tie your running shoes. Once you've tied your running shoes, you can untie them and take them off. You've already reached your goal. You're a runner. And tomorrow, do the same thing again and continue doing it every single day. Because the idea is make your habit as easy as possible to begin. Once you have started doing the right thing, it's much easier to continue doing it than to put your notes away or take your running shoes off. You might as well just read. You might as well study or you might as well go run at that point. So instead of setting a goal to read for 30 minutes, set a goal to read one page. Instead of setting a goal to study for class, your goal becomes open your notes. 
and make it just as easy as possible. And then sometimes that's all you're going to do. If you're feeling sick, if you're exhausted, if you don't have it in you to read for 30 minutes, you read one page, you're done, you reach your goal, you have reinforced your identity as a reader. But the vast majority of time, most of the time, uh, 99% of the time, you're going to read that one page and then the inertia carries with you. It's easier to just keep going than it is to put the book away. And so you just keep reading for a few more minutes and then a few more minutes and you start to enjoy it and you, you build that identity uh, around who you want to become. Yeah, just those tiny, tiny steps in the right direction. I think we can all relate to those times where we said, hey, man, I'm just not feeling it. But if I just do five minutes or two minutes or one minute and then you get started and you say, "Okay, I think I can keep doing this for a little while longer. And then before you know it, you've accomplished more than you thought you could. And so that is extremely powerful to just set those small stepstone goals to reach the momentum you need to actually fulfill the identity that you're trying to become. So yeah, excellent, and, and, excellent. And just to, to set your goal from the get-go, instead of setting a goal to do something grandiose, make your goal the, the smallest denominator of that grandiose goal. Your only goal is to tie your shoes every morning. Two-minute activity. And then know that your identity is so much bigger than that. So when you're ready, you're going to continue doing it. But first, get those votes towards the person you want to become. Vote, 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 right? More and more votes about who you really are. Think those thoughts, uh, set those intentions, and build that momentum so that the inertia is pulling you towards that identity instead of you feeling like you have to overcome resistance every time you want to get started. That's fantastic. So the idea is shift from the beliefs outward. Uh, Start with your beliefs about who you are, your identity, and shift that towards systems that support your identity, which will lead to outcomes. Don't don't do it uh, in the opposite direction. And as you are, once you decide that uh, identity that you want for yourself, then use the two-minute rule and figure out the very, very smallest achievable goal that you can set for yourself that reinforces that identity. Start there and let inertia build. Use the science to start and stop the habits that create your identity. Fantastic advice. Thanks, Steve. Thanks for sharing everything with us today. Music for this episode came from We Are Here by Declare P. I'm Steve Gardner. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and share with a friend. Thanks for listening.